Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for this 19th day of July. I'm Paul White. I thank you for joining me today as we continue our journey through 2 Timothy chapter 2. Today we arrive at the third verse. I want to read 3, 4, 5, and 6 together because as we said yesterday, I think that Paul takes three separate illustrations to lay out a case and he uses these little allegories. One is a soldier, one is an athlete, one is a farmer. Let's read the verses and we'll come back through and work through what I think Paul's trying to do. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. It, it almost reads as a series of proverbs. One about a soldier, little almost like proverbs slash mini stories. One about a soldier, one about an athlete, one about a farmer. But when you realize that it's a father speaking to his spiritual son about being strong in grace you realize that the tone and tenor of the letter is to instruct the young man with wisdom that's passed down from the older man. And to do that, he uses the illustrations that Timothy would easily understand. So let's do that with him. And I don't, I don't want to break these down into a podcast for their, each one for their own. I think we can do it all in one day if we realize that that's sort of the way Paul was saying it. He wasn't trying to lay out this massive case of, say, Christian militantism, Christian military, Christian warriors, any more than he was laying out a massive case for Christian wrestlers or Christian farmers. I think, in fact, we we probably ought to stop using Christian as an adjective in front of things. And And it's also best to take these illustrations and realize that that's what they are. They're not instructions on what we are to become. We're not taking the illustration of the soldier to mean that Christianity is some form of soldiers marching into war, although that image has been in front of us for hundreds of years and was really codified in the 4th century when Constantine stuck the cross on the front of the Roman shield and sent them to war. And the moment you started fighting, quote-unquote, for the cross or behind the banner, under the banner of heaven or behind the banner of the cross— then you militized, militarized the kingdom of God. And I think we still are suffering the repercussions of that to this day. This is where people get this idea that you're supposed to go out and, and fight. And sometimes that fight will even, they'll even say, I've heard it said, sometimes that fight is physical. Has to be. They say because evil manifests itself in physical ways in the world. So we've got to go out and fight physically. Even though the Bible as clearly as it can say anything clearly, tells us that we war not against flesh and blood. So whatever war we're in isn't in the natural, isn't in the physical. So Paul's illustration that we endure hardship as a good soldier needs the next verse. What's the hardship? Because a man engaged in warfare doesn't entangle himself with the affairs of this life so that he can please him who enlisted him. So what's the argument? The argument is don't get distracted. It's going to be hard sometime, but like a soldier who can't think about what's going on at home, if he's going to be on a foreign field of battle, he can't listen to the instructions of his commander if he's 
distracted and his mind is elsewhere. He either has to be there or he's going to be dead. And we're talking about hand-to-hand combat soldiering. That's the only thing they knew. They didn't have this. They didn't have technology that you could push a button or even guns where you could shoot from a distance. If you killed, if you fought in battle, you were hand to hand. And so you were face to face with the enemy. There was no room for distraction. And so Paul uses the illustration, again, not to tell Timothy to become militant, to learn sword play or to figure out how to fight, but to use as an illustration, a soldier that is doing his job can't entangle himself with other things or he won't be a good soldier. So don't get distracted, Timothy. You you have a job in the way that a soldier has a job as an emissary for someone else. You are an emissary for someone else. Don't get distracted in this world, which leads to the second illustration of the athlete. Verse five, if anyone competes in athletics, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. So Paul, again, not prompting Timothy to go take up athletics, not prompting Timothy to to wrestle or to race. These would have been common in that era and most popular as long as well as, uh, you know, like wrestling, boxing of some sort, racing, foot race. But he's not telling him to go be an athlete. He's using the illustration of an athlete, which is it doesn't count if you don't play fair. So it doesn't count if you break the rules. So, Timothy, learn the rules of what you're doing. Learn the dictates of the Holy Spirit and don't cheat. Listen to your conscience and don't ignore it. You want to do this right, then constantly be vigilant and do it right. And the early fathers, the early church had this vigilance on their mind. It's Peter that talked about be vigilant, be sober, because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom it may devour. So constantly be watching. So listen to those dictates. And then six, the hardworking farmer must be first to participate or partake, rather, of the crops. Um, It would seem to me that there's a promise of future reward in both the fifth and the sixth verse. The, The wrestler who gets the reward but doesn't cheat. The hardworking farmer who partakes of the crops. Um, there's a salvation coming up in verse 10. There's reigning. There's faithfulness coming up in 11 and 12. So they seem to speak to the future. But I think for purposes of ministry, and that seems to be what Paul is talking to Timothy about, allow the ministry to sustain you. The farmer gets to eat the crops. You're the first to partake of them. So I think it's, listen, and, and he's had to deal with this in other letters. We've talked about this, but he's like, listen, you're going to be cut down sometime for participating and for, for living out of the ministry. Remember that happened back in 1 Timothy 5. Don't muzzle the ox when it treads the grain. Laborers worthy of his wages. So it's again, and this must be something Timothy keeps fighting people on. I mean, Paul's like, look, partake of your fl- fruit first. Don't let people tell you you can't. And I think, again, it's, listen, if the ministry is there to sustain you, let it sustain you. Don't feel guilty about that. So it's good instruction for Timothy. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. And man, is that not good advice. We'll start there tomorrow while we stop there today. 
let the Lord show us the answer to how the, to what these things mean. We'll pick this up tomorrow from here. See you then. God bless.